This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Yo. What it is. We are live from Dallas, Texas. Where are we at, Brian? Holla. We're at the Foundation's Recovery Results event. Yeah. Killing it. Yeah, who do we have with us? We have two incredible, amazing, I'm looking right into their eyes as we speak. Yes, we are. Powerhouse women. We have Jordan and Melissa. What up, ladies? Hey. Hey. Talk to us. How's it going? That's always how it goes. We have known each other for so long that we've, like, adapted each other's tendencies. We look nothing alike, and we'll go in to do tours of facilities, and people will be like, are you guys sisters? And we're like... No, they're like you're just so close. you're just so similar. Yeah, kindred spirits. How long yeah. have you guys known each other? We've actually known each other since about 2013. We've been through the ringer together. So oh, we yeah. used together. Oh, okay. We've gotten sober together. She's lived with my family. Now we work for the same company. Together. So yeah. how'd, you, how'd y'all meet? In a halfway house yeah. in Florida, actually. Hey. And, yeah. um, I was, I guess, 18, and Jordan was 22, 21, 21. And, um, you know, basically, she was down there for a little bit longer than I was, and we met because I was dating the guy that Jordan used to date, and it was instant, Uh, like, wow, we we don't like like each each other other. ever. It was beef. (laughs) Yeah, it was beef. Yeah. yeah. At first, but then we became friends. So you broke up with him, and then you guys became friends. You guys got together? Uh, I took some time. Yeah. I mean, we warmed up to each other after a while, and we were like, wow, we're really similar, and we could probably take over the world if we were friends. But we, at first, we were trouble together. Got it. We were. A lot of trouble. We were. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys got into some stuff. Oh, yeah. I ironed out some of the kinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Straightened out. Mm -hmm. And look at you now. Yeah. Look at you now. That's the cool thing, is that we work for the same company right now. So to see where we were. And where we are now, it's just like it's great. night what, and day. What's your What's your vision? Like, are we talking about world domination? Obviously, so, like with go. the company and the business and stuff. But like personally, what is your vision for the world? Like, what are you What are you committed to creating? Yeah, like what's what do you possible? Guys want? What are you sourcing? I've really found my purpose in helping people. Like for a while, I was trying to figure out what my purpose was, but like. I think that just like the feeling I get and like I told you guys earlier is just being through the ringer myself and actually being able to be one-on-one with these clients and I'm super big on the female client care and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's what I think my purpose is for the long run. I don't know, but for now, this is where my heart is. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And you you? feel like you've learned through experience then? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Got it. I feel like a lot of like how what Jordan said about like how what we've gone through and like where we are now and our ability to help others and like dealing with families, you know, like I, there's nothing I love more than hearing a mom say thank you, you know, my, I'm getting a good night of sleep tonight. Yeah. And um, it's not like an ego thing. It's not like a wow, I'm, I'm God, I'm saving these people. It's like I hopefully will be able to make a difference in somebody's life just by not giving up on them, you right, know? Because, right. like, at the end of it, for me, like, nobody wanted to help me. Like, nobody was picking up their right. phone. Like, I had no insurance. My mom cut me off. I had absolutely nothing. And um, She loved you that much. Yeah, she yeah, loved me good. that much. Good that, for her. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> I got, like, a scholarship, a long-term scholarship into a long-term treatment center, and it was exactly what I needed. And, like... I just like to be able to be there to pick up my phone. You know, like I take yeah. pride in always answering my phone and always showing up. Like I'm also really involved with our female clients in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Got it. And just like being able to be there and connect with them and have them feel that level of comfort with me 
because that's just so important. Like the ability to identify with another sober person when you're in early sobriety is like yeah. earth shattering. It's like essential. Mm-hmm. It's necessary. It, it, well, it's yeah. connection, right? Mm-hmm. Building and establishing so yeah, relation. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, people, it's I like I'm totally in line with what you guys are saying, yeah. right? And people always ask like what's your favorite part? And it's like that feeling. Yeah. And it's like this warm, fuzzy, like chest type bit, like soul. Yeah. Because so many people come in with no family, with no friends, you know, and that's why we're so highly involved because we don't want them to feel alone. And we've been there with both of our parents not speaking to us. Right. And nobody wanting anything to do with us. So that's our niche in it. Yeah. Beautiful. Let's get into the next question. What's a book that has influenced or shaped you? One book. Melissa's like eyes. I just got into like the spirituality thing, so I'm gonna go ahead and be. Can we count the Bible as a book? I mean, Jordan's getting woo woo. Yeah, because for two years of sobriety, I just did like the AA stuff, and then I wanted to seek something more. So this God word was super crazy to me at first, and then I got involved, and it kind of opened my eyes to just being more appreciative and just with this job sometimes you need some sort of silence and that's what it's brought me so Mm. bible good choice so i'm actually in the middle of reading a book right now and it sounds really corny but it's called the mindful 20 something and um i'm 22 i got sober when i was when i just turned 20 so like a lot of my growing up happened in sobriety you know and like it was like instantly thrown into like Pay your bills, get a job, do what you have to do, and become a human being, and also stay sober and don't wake up one day at a time. And like now, like I feel like I have the sobriety piece. Like I go to AA, I do what I have to do, like meeting wise. But a lot of times, like I get thrown off in some ways. And this book's all about like meditation and like how to deal with like work stressors and just how to deal with life in general. And that's a lot of the stuff I missed growing up because like I started using so right, yeah, yeah. So that's really been big for me. Next question. Would you be famous? If so, in what way? I don't think I would. You don't want to be famous. I don't know if I could handle the pressure and the constantly, like, stepping out of the car, like, no pictures, please. Like, that's just, like, not for me. Well, if so, in what way? Maybe you write a book that changes the next 20-something. Well, yeah. Maybe you were like, uh, like you find the cure for cancer. I don't know. Yeah, you open like, the dope, like it doesn't have to be like yeah. you open the like dopest rehab ever that just like every a hundred percent success rate. Like your definition of famous, that you know it could be anything. Hmm. If not, you don't have That's to. That's t- I don't want to sound super repetitive, but. Actually, I don't know. I don't. I really don't think I'd want to be famous. I don't want to be it's anybody's too much guru. Pressure. Yeah. You know, I don't think I could be anybody's like. You just want to be you. I yeah. just want to be me. I like going places like in a hoodie, no makeup, yeah. no pictures, yeah. and that's it. Sweatpants, yeah. hair tied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chilling with no makeup on. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was good. Uh, see, that we do it too. Right? Yeah. We got that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got it. I got it. We got each other a long time. We're big Drake fans. Okay. Cool. What about the weekend? He's just a silly. Yeah. Anyways. He's good. Next very serious question. Okay. This, this is a this, really serious question. Yeah, one, right? this one is very hard for certain people. I don't even know if you may know what a Walkman is. You know what a Walkman is? Yes. Okay. I don't mean to be like rude or anything. It's okay. I, I understand. Okay. Yeah. So imagine you have a Walkman and you can only pick one CD to listen to for the rest of your life and no other music. Which CD? Oh my god. I know. Yeah. One CD to rule them all. 
Oh. See, that's oh tough because you have like. This is going to be really embarrassing. Um, Matchbox 20. <laughs> okay. okay. Wait, wait, hold on. I don't remember the one that has like all the bangers on it. I don't know what it's called off the top of my head. I okay. grew up and my, my mom's like big Matchbox 20 girl. Okay. And okay. like it's always been my go to for when I'm like. In a happy mood, in a sad mood, just It's got something. the variety of everything. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. Yes. Nice I've been a big fan of that Post Malone CD that you don't like. Because oh. it's a feel good. You guys don't like it either? I've, I've been doing it. I've been rocking it yeah. all, all week. It's yeah. good. That's just what I'm feeling for right now. So yeah. I guess if I got sick of it, yeah. can you what, turn what? it off? Yeah. No. If you want, yeah, no? no, you can turn it. Yeah. yeah you can turn it. <laughs> I would just what, turn it what off. What song, oh though? Like, what's on that CD? Which song? Because like, this I, will determine wait, a lot wait, wait. about who you are okay, hold on as one a time. person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Which song? Candy paint and a white on top. Uh, see, I don't know. I like I fall apart, but that's a little sad. The Go Flex is good. Rockstar. And then that's good too. That's yeah, a very that feel a good, good song. Mm-hmm. White Island. They're all good though. Oh my god, that's exactly what I do when it comes on the right. same exact like tone. Yeah. <laughs> I just I did it yesterday, guys. I fall apart. I love that song. Yeah, it is a sadder good. song, but it's yeah, so good. It's good. That's put, just what yeah. I'm feeling now. So if I got sick of it, I would just turn it off. Yeah, we have it. that option. That's but, incredible, though. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else in this world would yeah. ever say Post Malone as yeah, their I'm one really CD. Sh- but <laughs> hey, we'll go with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking them right now too. <laughs> Next question: Who do you know that always makes you smile? Like the one person. As soon as you think Can about it, be me, an animal. Like, who do you my know? dog. Okay. I love my dog. I okay. love my dog. What do you, you you walk in and you say dog? Oh, I like run to the door. What's your dog What's name? Your dog Mila. Because she was shipped from Russia, so I had to give her a little funny name. Yeah. But I literally run to my door. It's really She's like embarrassing. A, a, like a teacup terrier. No. <laughs> She's a French bulldog. Ah, oh, that's cool. equivalent. Yeah. Mila. Can can uh, she skateboard? No, I wish. We'll have to teach her. Yeah, I got to teach her. Like Rob Derdick's dog? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, well, they're like known to skateboard. Yeah, they certainly are. Yeah. I have to teach her. All right, what about you? Um, One person. My brother and sister. Can we combine them into one? There we go. Yeah, I guess. We all really all are one. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to take favorites. Yeah, I know. Megan, I'm sorry if you hear this. I know. But no, every time I walk in my mom's house and I see them, they're just like. We're all very silly and, like, very weird, you know, and, like, in our own little way. And there's never a time that they can't make me, like, absolutely roll over and die laughing. Cool. All right, so you guys have been sober for a little bit now. What is your favorite thing about sober life? Life and sobriety. The freedom to go anywhere and do anything and, like, not be confined by, like, fear and like obsession and like there was a long time I didn't want to get out of a, like a singular room like it was like the world would crumble down if I stepped foot out of that door you right. know yeah. and um, it's just a really beautiful thing to be able to like go out and do what I want to do and like be who I am as a person without living in fear right. like I've recently rekindled a lot of relationships with like girls I grew up with and spent my whole childhood with and like I can go to the bar with them and like have so much fun yeah. and like not drink and just like do my thing and it's just it's really 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 beautiful yeah, yeah. 
And I think for so long for me that I relied on so many people and I couldn't be there for anybody. And through this process, I've been able to assist with both my mom and my stepdad getting sober too. So they're both one of us. That's incredible. Yeah, and I'm working on my brother now as well. He's in and out. But like just being able to be there for them, to not call my mom and say, hey, I need money, but to actually be there for when she called me and said, hey, I need help. You right. know, what What can you do? What Hold do I do? Eyes, exactly. Her. It's, yeah. it's a good And it's feeling. cool, right? Like, sobriety is cool. It is. And it's like something that we push a lot. Yeah. You know, especially with the younger. Yeah. I feel like people are getting younger and younger and right. younger and younger. Yeah. And one of the, the, the stigmas about getting sober young is it's like lame or boring. But it's or fun. Cool. We do everything right? that, like, we go to Miami, we eat, yeah. like, nice and, you know, we, yeah. we do everything cool. that you would have done just without the drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. we have just as much fun. Like, yeah. I got if not more, right? Exactly. You don't wake yeah. up hungover. And, yeah. and confused. That was yeah. the worst feeling, always waking up, like, what the hell did I do last night? Yeah. Where am I and who yeah. are you? Or, like, that empty yeah. feeling. You yeah, oh when, my god. Yeah. Like that's gone. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's dope. Yeah. I got uh, another question. What's the best gift you've ever received and why? Hmm. Like physical gift? Your interpretation of the question. So I've recently become a godmother to my sponsee oh. and my best friend, and I'm about to have another one. So I think just like. I don't know how to put this into words because it's like super cool to me you know what I mean just like having people that are like because technically you know if if they're not around for the child I would be supportive it's just the gift that like I'm able to be that person like people trust you exactly yeah exactly I don't know I don't want to be like corny and say like the peace of mind I have but like at the end of the day it's like it's okay to be corny yeah Yeah, it is corny's cool we can be fruity corny fruity yeah, fruity. whatever. I like, can't do fruity. Do <laughs> like the peace of mind fruity. I have. Yeah. Be fruity. Maybe that tattoo. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the peace of mind I have. You know, like the ability to just like be who I am. Because, yeah. like I said, like I really spent a lot of time like being somebody that I'm not. You know, yeah. and like trying to make that external person really who I was. And like it's just so crazy when like all the layers come down and like I find out who I am. You know what I mean? Like. I cry when I watch P.S. I Love You. Like, and that's okay. Like, I'm, like, I can be myself. Yeah, that is huge. Do, do you? Yeah. It's such a good one. Oh, my God. Every time. A Walk to Remember. Nobody. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a very good one. I fall apart. Yeah, so. If you can give advice to, to women, young women who are listening, you can give them just a couple nuggets of wisdom from you, what would you say to them? If they're, like, sick, suffering... Hopeless. Don't, don't know what give to up. Do. Yeah. Like you can't give up. Like you just absolutely cannot. Like even when it seems like there's nothing left to fight for, like there's always more to fight for. And that empty feeling that like a lot of the women are feeling is there are so many of us like that that love them. You know, right. anybody. Like I could look at a female I know for two days and like struggling, no family, feel so alone, and like I love each and every yeah. one of them. I'm like, getting goosebumps. Yeah, like there's just there's yeah. so much support, you know, in this. That's like you're not alone. Like there's like it seems so alone and so scary. Like you just feel like there's nobody in the world who understands you and like there always is, you know, like just don't give up. Like no matter how many treatment centers, how many detoxes, how many anything that you've tried, like how many white chips or white key tags you've picked yeah. up, like you can always pick up another one and like that can always be your last one. 
you know, like it can always be the last time. You have like the opportunity to start over at any Yeah, I almost say like I'm almost grateful for I am grateful for my active addiction because I wouldn't if I didn't go through those twelve treatment centers and have my exact story, I wouldn't be able to look at somebody in the face and say, Hey, I've been to ten I've been to ten treatment centers. I think I made the same way that you are right now. And I've been through X, Y, and Z and kind of get on their level. So I'm super grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you for uh, jumping on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And we are live again here in Dallas, Texas. Coming to you from Texas. Brian Amaro here with my co-host. Roman. And we have the awesome... Incredible, looking deep into her eyes at this moment, <laughs> Siobhan. Hi. Yes, welcome. Hey. The powerhouse. How are you doing? Great to be here, guys. Thanks. We're here at Recovery Results. Yeah. yeah. Talk to us, Siobhan. How'd you end up here? Yeah. Um, so I am with Foundations Recovery Network. Yes, I am the Division Director of Clinical Services. Beautiful. And um, as part of that, I get to hold our research product and... Um, so as it's recovery results, one of the great things we talk about here is research outcomes in the addiction field. And so that's one of the things I get to speak to. I love it. Siobhan gave me an awesome pamphlet yesterday that had he all, of put the, it down. The, all of He's the like, credibility and the efficacy and what matters most when it comes to reporting outcomes, that many people are reporting outcomes in their self-interest. Mm. As opposed yeah. to like what the details or what the research shows. Yeah. So what do you have to say about that, Simon? So, you know, inside of collecting outcomes in um, in addiction treatment, it's a relatively new concept if you're in the private sector like we are. Right. Um, and a lot of facilities, you know, have the alumni coordinator making that phone call that's kind of like, hey, bro, yeah, you're so clean, yeah. what's yeah. going on? And that's an awesome place to start, you know, and that's a really beautiful thing, checking up on your former patients, right. offering a safety net, that's great. But when we really talk about research, we kind of want to build a Chinese wall. We want to separate that from, you know, readmission strategies or um, any of the marketing pieces. And so what we've developed at Foundations is a whole separate department, almost like a consulting firm inside of our company that looks at our research outcomes from a very scientific, you know, we meet scientific standards, we meet all of SAMHSA's credibility criteria for we enroll enough patients to prove that we don't cherry pick, right? right? Another thing you want to look for when you're looking at people's outcomes is, so how many people, what percent did they actually reach? Right. Right. You know, there's always like, um, you know, I always refer to the Jenny Craig commercial where the woman's dancing and she's so happy and she lost weight. And then you see that line at the bottom, individual results may vary, right? So you want to have enough, um, a high enough percent of your population, which SAMHSA says needs to be at least 60% of people, right? To demonstrate that, you know, this is pretty typical, for a patient who attends your treatment facility. And so those are some of the things that that we're able to do. And we're working with other facilities and the industry in general trying to help, you know, coach that along. Right. So what, given, you know, your experience and and what you see, where where is the state of the treatment industry right now? Are we, is it getting better? Is it as far as the results? Right. So it's really interesting. One of the unfortunate things that we did as an industry 
is, um, you know, we were built on this Minnesota model, which was amazing, but it was a 12-step model, and a 12-step model is is always, um, you know, an abstinence-only model. Yeah. And so we kind of taught the world that um, treatment results should be perfection. Right. And nowhere else in medicine do you see that. No. Right? And so, you know, it's, it's... Addiction is a long-term chronic disease, right? And so is diabetes, and so is hypertension. And so did you know that about 60% of people who are diagnosed with diabetes return to the emergency room within 90 days after that diagnosis because of the diabetes? I did not. So that means only 40% or less don't, right? So that would be... nobody is saying... Oh my God! The diabetes treatment industry is broken. It's terrible. It's ex- yeah. yeah, it's expected. Right. And so until about you know, NIDA has done a fabulous job of promoting um, and destigmatizing and saying you know this is a chronic relapsing brain disorder, right? Right. But until about two years ago, if you Googled the words "chronic relapsing brain disorder," you know what came up? What's that? Multiple sclerosis. Really. And would you ever be angry at somebody who relapsed in multiple sclerosis and MS? No, No, right? It's a chronic relapsing brain disease. And that's what addiction is. That's what substance use disorder is. And so really educating people that it's not, no, it's not necessary to relapse. But you know what? It's a symptom of the disease. Right. It's just, that's... And we get to move away from, okay, unless you're sober the rest of your life after treatment. Right. Right? It's got to be more to it. Right? So one of the things that we measure um, is is this idea, yeah, of, in addition, because we'll always measure abstinence, of course we want to know that, right? And we look at um, over 120 different questions that we use in our research um, tool. Right. But, and... um, we also look at remission. So in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Manual yeah, right, yeah. Um, for Behavioral Health, in a former version, they had a remission criteria. And basically what you're doing is you're, we ask all of the criteria for active disease state as yes or no. Yeah. And so if you say no, if you answer no on all of them, it doesn't mean that you never had a glass of wine. It doesn't mean right. that you've been perfect. But what it means is you're subacute, just like in cancer. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, you will always have cancer cells in your body. But you may have so few that you're in remission. Right. So someone could come into treatment and qualify for substance use disorder or alcohol or something, go through treatment, and then six months later be asked the same questions, and now they no longer qualify. Exactly. So they are subacute in their symptoms. They are in remission. It doesn't mean the disease is gone, right? Right. There's no cure. Yeah, exactly. Right? Right? And so that is actually an appropriate medical criteria to really begin looking at across the board. And so it's, it's, it's also about making that the common knowledge to the public and get, getting rid of the stigma, right? They, because it's a disease. Exactly. Yeah. So I so, love that. Savan, I've got a question for you. What yeah. What do you want? Like, what's your vision? Like, what, what do you see possible? Like, this could be personal, professional, just like overall. Like, what do you want to create? So, um, okay, thank you for asking that. Yeah. That's so amazing. Vision. So when I, yeah, when I... Um, first talked with Foundations Recovery Network about joining them, what excited me is the idea of being able to inform people, being able to educate people. And so when I came on board originally, I created a mission statement for the research department that was really, I want to inform decisions that consumers make 
that clinicians make, that program managers make, that the corporate managers make, right? And that the policymakers make. Like, I, I want people to understand that this is a disease and that there is a solution. Um, I, want, I want to share hope, you know, that, that it can happen for you. Um, one of the most beautiful things through, um, you know, just senior mentorship at, at my company that I've been able to identify is my purpose is, yeah. you know, to inspire others into action. And so part of what I seek to do um, in building partnerships and relationships is how can I help? How can I help support the development of, of your facility's outcomes? Right, right. How can we all um, really approach this together in, a, in a unified way, yeah, right. right? Knowing that... Um, that we can make a difference and not having to um, pretend because we've got these unrealistic standards or expectations. You know, and I think that's, you know, all of that hoopla that goes, you know, the marketing and the, the fake marketing and uh, the fake outcomes and all of that, that's because, like, somewhere they feel like the, yeah, they feel like the, the truth isn't good enough. And, then, and, then and that's maybe be because outraged. you're, yeah, yeah, and maybe you're looking at the wrong thing. How can we possibly hold other human beings to a standard of perfection and call that medical care? Instead of perfection, I, to me, what resonates is excellence. I mean, how can we just shoot for being excellent right? instead of perfect? Because you're not going to rise above being per, above being human. Right. Well, so yeah. I mean, but our, our patients. So right. when we demand yeah. abstinence, what we're saying is, okay. Like, you have to be perfect, yeah. and that's you know what. So truly meeting the patient where 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 they're at right. with acceptance and not judgment is about asking. So what matters to you? Yeah. What is it you want to achieve through treatment? What are your goals? What do you want? Yeah. What do you, what do you want? want out of your life? Yeah. And it's really about at the end of the day, like giving letting people have the lives that matter to them, not that matter to us, but that matter to them. Right. And making it about them. Yeah. Because it yeah. is. That is, that is what, it's, what it's about. Yeah. I love it. That's great. Siobhan, what's a book that has influenced or shaped your life? Mm. Wow, lots of them. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give props to Louise Hay. Right? Okay. When I um, R.I.P. Yes, right? I love <laughs> Louise Hay, and um, I love the powers within you. Got it. Because okay. it's so simple, and um, it doesn't matter where you are in life. Or um, what you're facing, it's just such a um, it's such a beautiful, empowering book. I love Great. it. Yeah. You can only listen to one album for the rest of your life. Which uh, album? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, one album for the rest we of my back. life. What album is it going to be? Oh. Yep. Um. Uh. Oh. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac, greatest hits. Okay, yeah. okay, there we go. God, I, I, could, I could handle that like over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, that's, that's 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 an album that you can just it's, yep. it's chill. It never gets like yes. yeah. Cool. Next question: Would you be famous? If so, in what way? Don't even. I'm not sure. Would would I be famous? Do you want to be famous? Be fa- oh. Would you yeah. be famous? Oh. If so, in what way? As somebody who gives people extraordinary hope and okay. inspires them into action. Okay. Like Superwoman. Yeah. <laughs> so I CrossFit. So yeah. hey. <laughs> who do you know that always makes you smile? You know. You know. Um. I can see. 
Right? Uh, so I was actually going to be like, you guys. Oh. <laughs> this girl. Stop. Don't. Yeah, don't stop. It's awesome. It was fun. Thank you for stopping Thank you by. so Thank much for, for having me. On. This has been incredible. I think Absolutely. we're going to have to get you in the studio and talk to you. I'd love to do it. Because we want to get your story. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. We are back, coming to you live from Dallas. Yes, who do Ryan we got? and Roman. Who do we got with us? We got the amazing, incredible, looking deep into his eyes at this moment, TJ, <laughs> the man Woodward. What's going on, TJ? He is the founder and creator of the Conscious Recovery Method. Yes, thank you. So glad to be here with you guys, yeah. and uh, I love being at these conferences, and it's been great making a connection with both of you. Yeah, right absolutely. on, TJ. Why don't we get into the down and dirty? Yeah. What do you want to create? What are you committed to seeing to fruition? What's possible? What's in your vision? What do you want in this world? Yeah, thank you for asking those amazing questions. We could talk a lot about that, the power of the question. I, you know, I've been in recovery myself for 31 years. I've been working in the field of addiction treatment for a decade doing spiritual care. And one of the things that I have noticed and experienced in this field is that we often treat symptoms and behaviors without getting down to some of the deeper root causes. Mm, So my new book, Conscious Recovery, is coming out probably in the next few weeks. I'm looking at maybe end of December as a published date. My book and my Conscious Recovery Method lays out really a system of care of how we get down to some of these deeper root causes, which I'm happy to share more about, but really like a new paradigm in treatment where we're really getting down to something much deeper and asking those deeper questions. What would some of those deeper questions be? Well, first, I guess I wanted to share with you what I see as the three root causes of addictive behavior, because again, if we're looking at addiction as the problem, Rather than a symptom of something, I think right. we're missing the mark. And and the deeper question, I, I will actually get to the deeper question. I think the deepest question that we can ask is, what happens when we see beyond the behavior and get down to the original perfection of the person? Right. And, and, and let me speak a little bit more about that. You know, I think a lot of times in this field, we tend to diagnose and we tend to look at someone as broken in some way. And there's a lot of addiction treatment modalities that focus on viewing the person as broken in some way. And needed right. to be fixed. And needed to be fixed. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so this new paradigm that I'm grateful to be a part of in some small way, I started asking myself, what would happen if I would were to see beyond that? Yeah. And to look at that person as whole and perfect, spiritually whole and perfect. And profound things have shifted by simply asking myself that question. Wow. Yeah, so, that's like a, that's, that's different. So seeing someone like in their authentic self, the, the, the giant five-year-old that's like the majesty seeing in front of you. for the beautiful masterpiece that they are. That's it. That's it. And, and what, what I have experienced is... All of us came into this world really deeply connected with the truth of who and what we are. Don Miguel Ruiz in his book, The Four Agreements, calls it the domestication of the human. That we come in as these whole spiritual beings, and then we come into a world that teaches us about lack, about uh, fear, separation, competition. And so to me, recovery isn't about achieving or moving towards something. It's really about 
the great remembering. It's like what uh, needs to be unlearned so that we can get down to that original yeah, perfection. Right, and and stop, you know, whacking the top of the weed or the plant or putting a Band-Aid on something and starting to treat the root etiology, the root's cause yeah, and of what's going on. And it sounds like it's those key internal issues. Absolutely. So the three root causes, I'll run this by you guys and yeah, all your listeners to see yeah. how this resonates. From the spiritual lens, so I recognize there's a physical, mental, and emotional aspect to addiction right. as well. Through this spiritual lens, the three root causes that I have experienced consistently in my own life and in working with clients, and that's unresolved trauma, spiritual disconnection, meaning a disconnection from that essential self that we were talking about, right. and toxic shame, a sense of feeling broken, a sense of feeling not worthy. In my years of working with clients, it seems that all of us, all of them are holding these beliefs. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'll never amount to anything. Right. So that, to me, those are the three root causes. So, TJ, how do you touch that? I mean, yeah. it, it's it like it's like seeing something through a plexiglass mirror. Like, you can see it there, but can you access it? Like, what, what gets you to the point where you can touch that like what tools in someone? you have in your tool belt? Well, I love that you're asking these questions because what I notice a lot of times in treatment, we don't want to really touch the trauma. We don't really want to get into deeply into the shame. We're kind of stabilizing clients and sending them out into the world. But telling the, them to figure it out. Yeah, like sort yeah. of like, you know, we, we've helped you stabilize, which of course I think is really important. Well, it's needed. It's part of the right. process. Yeah, but yes. at, at some point especially clients that are relapsing multiple times and coming back to multiple treatment episodes. It's like we really need to address the deeper root causes. And have a breakthrough. And have a breakthrough. So to answer your question, you know, in my book and in the Conscious Recovery Method, the first step when we move into breaking the cycle is creating safety. Got it. It's safe relationships, internal and external safety, safe communities, so that we can begin this process of unlearning what needs to be let go of, what are the deeper questions we can ask ourselves so we're not... What came up for me, right, when you said safety was trust. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how many addicts and alcoholics have such a lack of it. Right. Trust in others, trust in themselves. Yeah. But creating an environment of safety right out the gate is going to be essential to establishing a trust. Absolutely. And it's I I love that you said that because one of the subsections in the chapter on creating safety is called Rebuilding Trust. Because it's about, really, ultimately, the true safety comes from inside. But what we know about people coming out of an addiction is it's also really important to create safety outside, especially in the early days. In their environment. Yeah, Yeah. so that we can begin to help someone reestablish that internal safety. Mm. Wow. I love it. That's so good. I appreciate you stopping by. This This has been incredible. Thank so I've you. got a few more questions. Okay, Let's okay. Go. If you could be famous, if so, in what way would you? I think, you know, there is a lot of focus in our society right now on if fa- being famous. To me, what the world needs is is healers and mystics and people that are helping uh, shift the consciousness on the planet. If there's fame with that, that would only be to reach a larger audience to help more people. So I would love that. I would love the largest platform possible, but only in the way that it could help more people not only break the cycle of their addiction, even people that don't have what we classically call addiction. I think all of us right now at this time in our in our 
evolution or yearning for deeper connection with ourselves and others. So got my it. fame would want it, I would want it just to reach a larger audience. Got it. I got a question. Well, I got one more, but you well, go I first. got one more. <laughs> <laughs> you have a Walkman, and you only get one CD to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? That's a flashback. A Walkman. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I I don't know that this would be my answer if I had time to think about it. But right out of the gate, Tori Amos, Boys from Pele is the one that I think I listen to over and over and over again. Nice. Awesome. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. Okay, last one for me here. Who do you know that always makes you smile? Wow, I know a lot of people that make me smile. You know, I'm really very blessed to be partnering with Michael Beckwith in Southern California right now. He makes me smile. He makes me smile watching his incredible, vibrant energy. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, my, my first spiritual teacher, she's passed away now. Her name was Mary Helen Brownell. She made me not only smile, she made my heart smile. So I, oh, I really dedicate yeah. my life to her because she's one of the first people that demonstrated this new paradigm that we're talking about that it's not about learning it's about unlearning so I always smile when I think of her and I feel like she's always with me well you're making that smile yeah you made me smile so thank you beautiful thanks TJ thank you nice bro Welcome. What's up, guys? Brian and Roman here. We're coming to you live from Dallas, Texas. Recovery results. We're sitting here with the one, the only, Wesley Heim, program administrator, program director at Immersive Recovery. What up, Wes? What's going on, boys? What's good, bro? Wes, it's good to see you here, man. You guys as well. It's cracking out here. Yeah, we we brought San Diego to Dallas. That's right. They better be ready. That's right. right. Yes, yes, sir. Let's jump right into it, Wes. What's your vision? What do you want to create? What are you sourcing in the world today? So we uh, we started about five years ago with highly structured sober living homes for men, and uh, we've been seeing huge results. As a, so we decided to take the next indicated step, and that was to, to offer license, you know, state license uh, actual treatment. Right. Uh, so we started an extended care ILP program. And uh, so pretty much what it is is we're equipping these guys with the tools and principles not only to stay sober but more so to live a life of excess in its entirety. Um, We're big on the life skills, goal setting, getting them back out into the workforce. A lot of these guys... You know, our demographic is the 18 to 35 year old male Got it. failure to launch scenario. A lot right, of these, right. a lot of these guys, not only can't stay sober, they don't know how to function in life as in general. Yeah. Um. So th- we're not just a drug and alcohol treatment program. We're an right. entire life program. Wow. It sounds West, like, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. I was gonna say it sounds like you took what you had and expanded it based upon the needs Correct. that you saw yeah. with the program that you started. Correct. So I mean, what coming is, into what this, is your vision. Yours. Wes, Personally. what do you want, Wes? Wes, what are you committed to creating in this world? I'm committing to just making a difference, not only in San Diego, but, I mean, yeah. in responding to this opiate epidemic. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in recovery myself personally. Um, I'm a okay. low-bottom junkie. Um, been to state prison in California. Been on the streets of San Diego. Um, it's just to make it readily available for these guys. And, and like I said, um, you know, treating the individual not just the disease yeah um there were so many things other than just sticking a needle in my arm that i needed to address and that's what our program targets what what do you think makes you guys different and makes you effective at what you do 
you know, I mean, we could get into the just the the raw facts of like, you know, we're not a huge super center. We don't have 150 guys. We don't have 30 guys in group. I mean, we we are a boutique style individualized care. I yes. mean, as an owner, I'm in the office every single day. I I'm taking guys to appointments myself. Um, we're personable. This Got is it. individualized treatment at its best. Okay. What do you love about it? Yeah. What lights you up, Wes? What makes you be that owner we'll you that's on, on the front lines, putting pen to paper and putting really your money where your mouth is? Making it happen. Making it happen. What lights you up? I mean, the thing that really strikes deep with me is when I see these guys start gaining traction. Yeah. And not only taking time at meetings, giving tokens, but when I see them start getting jobs, I start seeing that light in their eyes turn on. I start seeing them reunited with families. I start getting an outpouring of emails, texts, calls from family members saying, you know, you, this is my son. You brought my son back. Yeah. That's what does it. Oh, because I was that's that guy. That's such I a mean, good feeling. Too, I, w- I was that guy. To know? be able to be part of the change in people's lives. Exactly. See the lights come on. I mean, this Thanksgiving... Um, just to give you like a quick little example, and this is not to you know pat myself on the back, but you know I, I do have my family is local in San Diego, but I have a lot of guys that are out of state in my program. Right. Um, I put on a big dinner for all the guys and all throughout all phases and even my sober livings because I do have standalone sober livings that aren't connected to the program. Yeah. Um, I had a big Thanksgiving dinner and we all came together as brothers and just to see those guys holidays are obviously a hard time for addicts especially in recovery yeah, we have a high relapse rate especially right. being away from home too. correct so uh, we just all got together as brothers and um, you know we broke bread together yeah. and to see those guys actually see some hope and what they're doing it's amazing love it amazing. Wes what's a what's a book that's influenced or shaped you one book. One book. The Holy Bible. The Holy Bible. That's it. There you go. Cool. I mean, that book is not, I mean, it, it, and when I first came into recovery, I had a tough time, like so many, with the God thing. Yeah. Um, I wasn't raised with religion. Um, I, I had what you call jailhouse religion. That's literally the first time I picked up scripture. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I told myself initially in the beginning, straight up, leaving God out of the entire Bible, which I know is sacrilegious, but that's just a solid framework to live my life as a man. Yeah. Which I needed. It totally is, too. Right. Wes, who do you know that always makes you smile? Man, there's so many. Um, I mean, anytime I walk into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. I mean, there's so many. San Diego is such an amazing epicenter of recovery. Um, we're We're super blessed to, like, just... Not only be a part of, but just have that difference in San Diego. I mean, we're 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 the epicenter of heroin anonymous. That's where it was birthed. I mean, that's huge. Uh, yeah, uh, I is, mean, yeah. it's it's um, insane. I think San Diego as a whole. I mean, we're well aware of what's going on in right. Florida, Orange County. San Diego doesn't have that image, and it's right. for a reason. Right. Cool, man. Well, appreciate you coming on. One more. Oh yeah. I got one more for you. One more. Way. If you Go. could be famous. In what way? If you would, if you could be famous, would you? And if so, in what way? I mean, I've thought about it. That's a hard question. I don't, fame isn't really my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but if I was on that platform, you know, God willing, it, it would put me in a position to where I'd be able to help more people. Bottom line, that's it. Okay. 
Boom. Thank you. Of course. Wes, thanks for stopping by, coming on the show. Appreciate it, brother. Love what you're doing. Love what's going on. Wesley Heim in the house. Appreciate it, boys. All right, guys. Thank you. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.